and really all I know about him was that he was born in 1904 and he died in 1956. It's really all I know. See, it was a cold January day in 1991, and we were just getting ready to leave the cemetery after we had uh, had the funeral for Rita's dad and 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 had placed the body there at the cemetery. And 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 the last few of the family and and friends were were milling around, getting ready to leave, and we're standing there at the grave. And and our our middle son Joel, who was nine at the time, stood. Uh, but beside the grave, and he looked at a headstone, and he read the name out loud. He, and he just said this. He, he read the name, Guy Peterman. And, and then he said this, Guy, keep Grandpa company. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I know nothing else about Guy Peterman, but I do know this. Every time that we go to the cemetery, in fact, it happened just this last May when we went on Memorial Day weekend to the cemetery, before before I get to her mom and dad's graves, before I get to their tombstone, we pass by our friend Guy Peterman's, and and I always stop and now I don't say keep Grandpa company, but I always stop and and say the name out loud. I, I told Rita last night I was going to talk about this, and she said, "Oh, yeah, we do that." I stop and I just say Guy Peterman. Um, now it was a few years ago uh, on one of those trips where I stopped and Guy Peterman before I moved on. That something struck me that I, that I hadn't noticed before. Uh, really what, what struck me was what wasn't there. Guy Peterman, uh, 1904, 19 to 1956, but, but I noticed the lack of anything else on the tombstone. It, it didn't say anything about being a loving husband to Mildred or, or, or a, a, a great father to X, you know, number of children or grandfather or, it said, there was no descriptive words on the tombstone, and and it caused me to stop and think just a, a little bit. Um, and and I also noticed that that each year that we went, there were no there were no flowers, there were no decorations, there was nothing there, just the headstone guy Peterman. Uh, and, and I began to wonder what was his story. Rita didn't know who he was, and a couple people we asked didn't know who the guy was, and and I just began to wonder. Did he have no family? Because no one decorated his grave. Did did he did he have no friends that would come and and remember him? Had his life impacted anyone? Did his life make a difference? Did it really matter? And and so I began to think about that for myself. You know, th- th- there's going to come a time. Uh, it happens to every one of us where where we'll be laid in the ground and we're gonna we're gonna have someone choose a headstone for us. And I, I thought, well, at least I'm going to get husband of Rita. Uh, and father of Brian, Joel, Crystal, and Caleb, and 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 I'm going to just mention this. You might might put like a, I'll save some money and hand it to you, because uh, I'm going to die first. He tells me that. And uh, 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 do you know? Yeah, my kids do that. But 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 I'm going to have a little bit of money so she can, because I know this is extra. But we're going to carve a little. Sorry, guy. Some of you, we're going to carve a little Jayhawk in there. And I and I want you to put, you know, Jayhawk fan. Tolerated his K-State friends, I, something like that. Would would that be good? Because K-State people, I love you. And, um, but uh, <laughs> uh, but seriously, I began I, I began to think that day just about what 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 matters and would my life matter? And did Guy Peterman's life matter? And, and I would would assume that if we're honest with ourselves, we've all asked that question. 
at one time or another. Does my life matter? Well, what, what if I could offer you a formula that if you followed would ensure that your life would matter? What, what if I could point, point to you, uh, some, point you to some scripture that, that lays out an easy step by step guide that, that if you follow that guide, you could be confident that you would live a life that mattered. Uh, so, so today and actually next week, we're going to spend two weeks looking at a couple verses that if we embrace these verses, if we buy into these verses, if we, if we really believe them and follow the step by step pattern that it lays out for us, will ensure us the, the knowledge that we can walk out of this church knowing that our life matters. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. Uh, 1 John chapter 3. We're going to read just a couple verses there. I, I might encourage you, if you, if you really want to, to sit down this week, if you're looking for a challenge from Scripture that will really speak some, some truth into your life, read the, the whole, the whole book of 1 John. It just is, is chock full of valuable verses. And actually, uh, a little bit today and, and again next week, we'll, We'll be looking at a bunch of different verses from the passage, but follow along with me in 1 John chapter 3, verses 23 and 24, and this is His command. This is His command, to believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. Those who obey His commands live in Him, and He in them, and this is how we know that He lives in us. We know it by the Spirit He gave us. Uh, here's, here's the first point. We're really just going to look at the first point this morning. In fact, we're not even going to make it all the way totally through the first point, but, but here's the first point. Now, if you, if you have your outlines there, I would fill this out because this is powerful stuff. You're, you're going to want to have this because, and come back next week so you get the other steps as well, but, but, but you want to know this because this is pivotal. It's life changing. In fact, you might want to share this with family and friends. Do you want to know that your life matters? Do you want to know the steps to making sure that happens? Hey, man, here is the step. So, so you're ready. Here is the first point to making sure that you're living a life that matters. Just, it's there in this passage. Just, just believe. Now, now I know what maybe some of you are thinking. I, I thought you were going to, I thought you were going to share something that was, uh, that was original. I thought you were going to share something that was exciting or earth shattering. I thought you were going to give me a, a key, something I could hold on to that would make a huge difference in, in, in my life. And, and yet you're saying just believe, but, but go back to that verse, if you will, to, to verse 23. And, and what does it say? Sometimes we complicate things. We make things a little bit tough, but what does verse 23 say? And this is his command. Talking about God. This is what God wants from us. This is his command. And, and he's very simple with it. To believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. No, no matter what our, what our tombstone says, no matter what's listed there, are the things that we do, shouldn't the first place we go to figuring out how we can make our life matter, shouldn't the first place we go is, is God's Word? And, and what does God's Word say? God's Word says to, to follow His command, and this is it, the first thing, the first step, just believe. Just believe. 
see, see, if we believe in the power of the name, if we believe in the power of the name of Jesus, then, then no matter what else is true of our life, no matter what else happens, we can live a life that matters if we believe in the power of the name. John, John does something interesting here in his, yeah, in, in these verses. Now, uh, he could have said it this way, and, and it would have been okay, it would have been just as powerful, it would have been, uh, it, it would have been just as, uh, just as impactful. I probably would still be preaching the same sermon, but John could have, could have said this in verse 23, and this is his command to believe in his son, Jesus Christ. Now, now if he would have just said that, believe in his son, Jesus Christ, there's still great power in that, but that's not what he says. He says here to believe in the name of his son, Jesus. Now, John, John pairs a couple thoughts and a couple ideas and a couple concepts here together that I want you to kind of grab hold of because then it hopefully will help us understand just how much power there is in that verse if we just believe in Jesus, believe in his name. John does two things. First of all, he uses the word for believe. It's the Greek word pistuo. And, and in the form that he uses there, it gives us this idea of something more than just believing a fact. For, for, for instance, uh, you can believe something is factually true and it really doesn't move you much. So let, let me give you a couple examples. I believe that Johnny is bald and, and you can believe that. That's believing a fact. Uh, uh, I, I believe that Wilma doesn't hear very well. Uh, you can believe that and trust that and, and know that that's true. But, but it doesn't move you. It doesn't change you very much. Uh, he uses the, the concept, the idea here that it's more than just believing something. It's a type of belief that is all in. It's a type of belief that is submitting yourself to what you're believing in. It's a type of belief that affects you because you believe in that. Now, now let me illustrate that two ways. I'm going to use my lovely wife in both these illustrations. Um, I, she said I may have mentioned this before, uh, and if I have, sorry, it's worth mentioning again. My, my wife has a special talent. I think everyone should have a special talent. She has a special talent. Her special gift, this God-given gift, is her ability to pinch. Now everyone can pinch. I mean, everyone can can pinch, but she she has uh, defined it to a, an art form. Um, and because because when she pinches, there's a couple things. She is is fast. It it's like a, it's like a snake bite. I mean, she just boom and and she gets you. I mean, she has pinched me, and I'm just getting ready to react in pain, and she's standing there, kind of looking like I didn't do anything. I mean, that is how quick. And the other thing that she does is she has the ability to. I don't care what I have on. I can have. I mean, this is a particularly bad, uh, short sleeve shirt to have on because it, it, it's open and exposed. But, but, uh, if I have a, a long sleeve shirt or maybe a couple shirts, and I think she can even do it through a coat, she can get it and somehow just barely catch the skin. And I don't know, but I think that she's able to do that and she, I think she does a little twist or something. I, cause I immediately welled up in a big old bruise and I was hoping I would have a bruise, but I, there's a bruise there, but that's something else. <laughs> I did that myself. But, uh, but man, so, so I can tell you, hey, believe this. And, and let me encourage you. I would encourage you to believe this. I can tell you, believe that Rita can pinch. And that's one kind of belief. But, 
But, but let me explain the type of belief I have in that, the kind of faith that I have in that. See, I know experientially, I didn't say that right, with experience that, that she can pinch. Now, now usually, I'll be honest, usually she does it because I'm pestering her. You know, I'll, 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 uh, and see, see, see what I did? Because all she did was put her pin down, and I, I, I know the triggers, I know the signs. You know, a rattlesnake coils up, and I, I knew she, she was freeing her hand. And, and as soon as she does that, I react. Did you see me? I, I flinched. Isn't that, isn't that terrible that I, I feared my wife? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we should. We should. See, see, so I've experienced that. So I, I don't just believe that she can pinch. I believe that she can pinch. It, it affects me. It moves me. You think I'd be smart enough not to pester her so that she continue to pinch me, but Sandy, I'm, I'm a lost cause there. Sandy got to witness that this morning, so, uh, with something else. But l- let me give you another illustration to catch this idea. Uh, tw- uh, 39 years ago, uh, Rita walked down an aisle and stood in front of a church and uh, with tears streaming down her face. To be honest, I'm not sure what the motivation for the tears were, but with tears streaming down her face, uh, after a minister said a bunch of things to her, she said, I do. Uh, and, and what she was really saying was, and, and she's proved it out, for, for 39 plus years, what she really was saying is, I believe. I believe in you, Tim. Now, what she didn't know then is, I didn't know what in the world I was doing. I mean, I had no idea what life was going to hold for me, and I, I, I tried to act like I was confident. Man, I was a scared little guy, and I didn't have any idea what life was, but, but she said, I believe in you. And, and so, so when we packed up, when I got out of college and moved to a little town out in the middle of nowhere that was full of a bunch of dairy farmers in Yuma, Missouri, and and, and, and tried to be a preacher. And again, sorry, I, I feel bad for that church because I didn't know what I was doing. And I feel bad for Troy because I still don't know what I'm doing. But, uh, but, but she, she followed me. And when we loaded up our, our moving van with, with two kids, a dog and a cat named Beulah and moved to, to Louisiana, she still said, okay, I'm moving hours and hours away from my mom, but, but I believe in you. And then we moved back to the Midwest to Rushville. Uh, uh, 30-some years ago, she still said, I believe in you. And two years ago, when I said, you know, Rita, I think the Lord's leading me da- back towards ministry, and, and even though there's some hurt there and some some sc- scaredness on her her part, she said, I believe in you. Do, do you do you see? It, it's it's This word has the idea not just to believe a fact, but to believe in such a way that you submit to, to the one you believe in. Uh, it, it affects you. It's an all-in kind of belief. See, he's, he, he's throwing out this idea at the start, believe, and it's, it's a faith. So if you want your life to matter, because really it, it is as simple as this. If you want your life to matter, what John says is believe. Now, not just a factual, yeah, I believe Jesus was, but I mean, it's an all-in. You've got, you've got to have some faith behind it, but, but, but believe. But he does a, um, a curious thing here when he throws in believe in the name of his son. He didn't have to do that. It's not a huge deal that he did. It's, but, but it does kind of give an extra punch to this idea because with the idea of saying believe in the name of the son, uh, his son, Jesus Christ. What he's doing is he's pairing the father with the son. He's tying the father into the son. So if you believe in the name of Jesus, then, 
then what you're believing also is you're believing in the one that sent him. You're believing in the Father. And, and here's the idea. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to the Son. And there's power in us knowing that our life matters is if we put our faith in Christ, then, then, then the God of the universe is ours as well. And, and his power is ours. Let me illustrate it this way. My grandfather years and years ago, went to an auction, and he bought a, a mantle clock. A mantle clock is, some of them look like a, 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 a grandfather clock, except they're, they're small. And the, the first one he got was about this tall. Uh, and, and he bought this uh, at an auction. He went to an auction a few months later and bought another one and then another one. And, and, and my, my grandmother began to question him on it. And he's like, well, I don't know, I just like him, Mary. And, and, and he got up to five and said, I'll, I won't get any more. Uh, four, he said he wouldn't get any more, but he got a fifth one. And, and then he said to my grandma, well, you know what? I need to get six so I can give one to each of our grandkids. And my grandpa had six grandkids. And so he went to an auction and found a sixth one. And, and I don't know if it was a year later or six months later, he found a seventh one and then an eighth one. And, 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 uh, by the time we were married, he had 24, 25, 26 mantle clocks all throughout his house. All of them working at one time. He didn't have them all wound up at the same time or you'd go crazy with them all going off. But, but he had all these clocks and, and a few years after my grandpa passed away, my grandmother had, grandmother had to move in with my mom and the house sat vacant. And so grandma decided, you know what? It's time. It's time to give away the clocks. And so one Thanksgiving, we were all there, almost everyone, almost all the, all the kids and almost all the grandkids or all the grandkids, almost all the great grandkids were there. And so we, we were going to, we we're going to give away the clocks. We were all going to get a clock. Now, now we began to date. How, how are we going to do this? Who, you know, we draw numbers, we draw names. Who gets to, to pick first? And I came up with an idea that I thought was really good. How about I go first? Uh, I mean, I thought I was their favorite. Uh, probably not, but you know, I thought that's a good idea, but I got voted down pretty quick and we decided to go in birth order, which was a bummer because I was last, uh, of, of a six kids, except Actually, I wasn't because I'm a twin and my sister was born a couple minutes after me. So, boom, I beat her. Uh, so, so we went in, in order. Now, before we started, I may or may not have voiced the fact that there was one clock in particular that I wanted. It's the one that sat on their mantle above their fireplace and I just had a special affection for that clock. And I may have mentioned that, boy, boy, I really hope I get that one. And, and they honored that. And when it came my turn, that's the clock that I got and I have it at, at, at my home. And, but, but probably the most powerful moment and actually it kind of happened before we decided this, was as we went through, all, all six of us kids picked, and then we began with the great-grandkids, and we started again with the oldest down to the youngest. But probably the most impactful moment for me was, was uh, when, when, we got to, uh, when we got to my, uh, my, uh, my daughter, Crystal, uh, who had been, uh, as, as you know, had been adopted, and, and, and the Decision had been made. We weren't going to say anything, but the, the siblings had all said, hey, no, Crystal gets one as well. And, and when she picked out a, a clock, it kind of, it kind of hit me because, uh, she'd never even met my grandpa, uh, Hartman. She, had, she came into our family long after he had passed away. And yet, and yet she was getting to choose. And it, it, it hit me that that whatever belonged to me belonged to her. See, catch this idea. Your life matters if for no other reason than this. You belong to the Son. 
And if you belong to the Son, everything that the Father has is yours. First John chapter three, first John chapter three, verse one points this out to us. He says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. We are children of God. Uh, John, uh, in the Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. There is power. There is power in the, the name of Jesus because of what it's connected to. It's connected to the Father. And we simply have to, we just have to believe. There, so, the, so there's power in that name, but there's also purpose in that name. If, you, if you're wondering even remotely if your life matters, if, if you came here today and, and even if it's just in the back of your mind, and do, do I really make a difference? Then catch this. The God of the universe, the creator and sustainer of all things, sent his son. Why? Why did God send his son? Well, maybe it was because on, on May 16th, 1958, he knew that Timothy Eugene Champ was going to be born in Mount Vernon, Illinois to Joe and Barbara Champ, the fifth of six children. And maybe this is what God was saying. Finally, I got one right. Tim is going to be so good. Tim is going to be so worthy. He's going to do things so well. Everyone else is messed up till him. And he is so good that I'm going to send my son for him. Now, now if that's what God was thinking, then God really blew it. God really messed it up. Because I'm anything but that. Now, now maybe God was, maybe God was thinking, Nolan, when's, when's your birthday? Nope. What year? 86. He's just a puppy, isn't he? November, maybe he thought November 11th, 19, 86, Nolan Franken was going to be born. Wow, finally I got one right. Finally one who's going to be perfect. Has he any input here? Finally one that's going to, going to just nail it with everything. Now, no, no offense, don't take this wrong, Nolan, but if that's what God was thinking, he messed up. Uh, you're a great guy. Uh, why did he come? Well, he, <laughs> He came because we needed saving. In, in fact, Scripture explains it to us in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were still sinners. Not, not, because, we, not because we were going to nail it, not because I was going to be so good, or Noah was going to be so good, or Patty was going to be so good, or Dana, or anyone. He, he came while we were still sinners, and, and he went to the cross, and he died for us there. He saves us. Uh, John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. I know you know the verses. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Romans 1, 16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. First the Jew, then the Gentile. Romans 10, 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name. We'll talk a little bit more about this next week. Under heaven, 
given to which by men we must be saved. What, what's the purpose of the name? He, he came to save us. He came to save us. Several years ago, our friends Don and Sarah Hintz were vacationing in uh, South Padre Island. They were, they were at the beach that day and enjoying, uh, enjoying the, the surf and, and playing in the surf and having a great time. And when, uh, when their daughter, Breanne, who had, had swam out a little ways and who actually was a pretty good swimmer, uh, found herself in trouble. What, what they didn't know, in fact, her, her mom and dad, Don and Sarah, didn't even realize or didn't even notice it, didn't even catch it. She, she got, got herself caught in a rip current. And if you're not familiar, if you're not been in the ocean, rip current is a, a current that that pulls you out to sea. Uh, you really can't see it unless you have a trained eye. I guess you can, but 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 the current is under the the waves. And what you think should be happening is the waves are crashing forward towards the beach. Uh, you should you you would think you'd be moving towards the beach, but the waves were the the current was under the waves, pulling her further and further away from the beach. And as I mentioned, her mom and dad didn't notice it at first, but but a lifeguard that was on duty happened to to look out and recognized the signs of a rip current and noticed this teenage girl getting further and further from the beach. And notice, as she was trying to swim forward, she was going backwards. The lifeguard grabbed his buoy and jumped into the waves, started swimming her way. That's when Don and Sarah noticed. And then he pulled up, uh, he swam up to Don and Sarah, or I mean, excuse me, uh, swam up to, to Brianne. And a couple things didn't happen. He didn't swim up to her and begin to lecture her. He didn't swim up and say, young lady, you should have known to be more careful. Didn't you see the sign that, that, that there's dangerous rip currents? He didn't, he didn't read her a riot act because she wasn't a good enough swimmer, didn't know how to handle the events if you get caught in a rip he, he He didn't lecture her on that. He, he didn't swim up to her and say, okay, young lady, I will save you, but you've got to sign up for the lifeguard classes that I teach pulling a clipboard off his back and said, if you'll just sign here for a year's classes, you have to prepay. If you'll sign up for these classes, I, I, I will teach you how to save not only yourself, but other people. But that's not what he said. He didn't swim up to her and just keep keep about four or five yards away, hovering there in the in, in the current and, 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 and just encouraging her. Hey, you can do it. You just got to believe in yourself. You can make this happen. You can, you just got to fight through the pain. You can, he, he didn't do that. You know what he did? You probably know. He took the bully that, 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 that he had drug out with him and he tossed it to her. And he said, climb on. Grab a hold. Climb on. I'm here to save you. I'm here to save you. There was power. There was power. In the name of Jesus. And his purpose is to save us. You, you, you might guess what Brienne did. held on and was drugged to say do you want to live a life that matters do you want to know do you want to know that what you do in life matters then then it really is simple start here it's the first step there's more that we can do there there's a couple more steps that are important that to, to, to be right in line with god's will but here's where it starts believe if we believe in the Son, if we believe in the power of His name that connects us to the Father, then we, then we are saved. And if 
God loved us so much to send his son. What he's saying to you, what, what we've got to take from that is your life matters to me. So you now are living a life that matters. If you don't know that, if you don't know that son, if you don't know Christ as your savior, then, then, then you can't claim that promise. So here's the first step. Believe in that name. Do what you need to do. We'll talk about that if you need to, to, to have information. We'll talk to you about what that, what that looks like. But believe in the name, in the power of the name of Jesus, and you'll be saved. Father, we thank you for your, your simple steps. We sometimes uh, make it complicated. We make it difficult. We make it hard. And yet it really is simple. It's, it's as simple as just believing in your name, believing in your power. And, and when we do, we receive everything that, that belongs to the Father. Lord, if there's someone here this morning that is doubting that their life matters, do, do one of two things. Father, help them have the courage to call on your name. And Father, help them have the wisdom to understand that through you, through faith, through faith, through belief, through jumping in all in, their life does matter. Bless us in Jesus' name.